everyone. We're so glad that you're here. We'd like to welcome you to the podcast. I'm Christy. And I'm Grace. And you're listening to the Thanks Mom Podcast. Welcome, everyone. Uh, welcome back. I know a lot of people, we've actually had some new listeners. So we want to make sure that we're welcoming the new listeners. Thanks for being here. And thanks for our returning listeners. If you've been sharing the podcast, we're so appreciative of it. Uh, so, but yeah, anyway, Grace and I are here for another yeah. recording during this Easter time. How are you doing, Grace? I'm good. I'm doing well. It's been busy, but good. I don't know. It's all the end of the year stuff. Everything's been wrapping up lately and there's still more to come, but it's the end of the school year. So that's how it should be. Right. Last week of classes and then finals and graduation, right? That's kind of cool and a lot. And yeah. yeah. And like all the last events and everything we had, what did I have this week? I guess it was two weeks ago that there was a lot going on. This week was pretty normal, but we did have like a three-on-three volleyball tournament through Hope Catholics, which was fun. I gave a, I, I bragged a lot and then lost in the first round. Um, Ooh. so that was nice. Oh but, wow! But that's How did that go? I was, I don't know. I just was like, I, it's more fun to trash talk your friends, but then when they watch you play. It's not going so well. You're like, just pretend that I play good, okay? Just it's okay. Anyways, um, so I did not win, but I had fun trying to play. Um it's nice. like I don't want to play volleyball, but it was hard when we have only three people on a court. I'm not used to that. I haven't played since eighth grade, so I remember the basics. I can bounce a ball with people, but when you're trying to like strategize, like and we were playing people who actually knew how to play, <laughs> like who were probably yeah. playing. Oh, yeah, that's hard. That's just how we got paired. It was like we by the time we kind of got a rhythm it was too late <laughs> so, um fun. but it was still fun so and then I managed to go shopping this will be my funny story I managed to go shopping three times yesterday not on purpose um because this was this was my weird day I was like Saturday I was like I could I can make a study plan I I probably have enough flexibility in my schedule I don't have to start studying today but I could da 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 because it's the, now I'm heading into the last week of classes so homework's done now it's just moving oh, to study. Right. And so I was like, well, I have a whole week of no homework, so I'll, I'll be able to study, but I should do a little work today, but I can get other things done. And I was thinking of all these errands I have to get done. I was like, I should just do that now. So one of them, I was like, cr- I was like, crap, I want to go to confession, but it's at the, the one I, the time I usually go is during um, our volleyball tournament. So I texted my friend who I, we'd agreed to go thrift shopping together because my the prayer group ignis i've talked about that we lead somehow i don't know exactly how it started we, she and i started like a dress up challenge kind of where randomly one day i was like i bet you couldn't wear something in this theme and she's like bet and wore whatever it wasn't interesting like i i challenged her to a handful of things anyways it became a whole thing it wasn't i don't remember what the very first one was and then she's like well if you're going to challenge me i have to challenge you back so now friday or on mondays i have to wear whatever she tells me um so but we were so it's really it's a whole thing I have an album of all the outfits in my phone oh so my goodness for the second the, the very last Ignis and finals week we're gonna wear our cap and gown but this one she was like we have to go thrift shopping buy something for each other and have to wear it so we were like all gonna already gonna oh go thrift shopping and I was like I was like wait this other parish has confession in the morning you want to run with me and she's like sure so, I, so we went to confession we picked up our other friend who was thrift shopping with us went thrift shopping bought a ridiculous outfit for each other I spent like $12 on her she spent like 10 on me totally mismatched so ugly it's gonna be really fun but it, they're really comfy clothes so I'll send you a picture mom because I don't even know oh my gosh I didn't know this I was this, going like, on 
I got this like tunic. She bought me this like tunic top that has like the American Eagle, but like in a pattern all over it. It's just ugly. It's brown. It's just bad. And I'm like, also, it's like long sleeves. So it's like, I'm not even gonna wear this for like Fourth of July Memorial Day. Like, I'm not gonna wear this again. But it's really comfy because it's this like soft feeling tunic top. And then she got me this like huge soft cardigan that looks like like kind of like a cow cow skin pattern but it's not quite just white and black spots but it's so soft and comfy so it's like I'm for sure keeping this cow thing even though I'll never wear it in public because it's not really pretty but it's so (laughs) comfortable and then I have anyways so I was shopping around one I bought her this really ugly colored dress and this like basically bathrobe cardigan that goes to the floor that is bright pink that just clashes awfully it's really fun I really want to see these. Can you show them to me? We're wearing them tomorrow. So I'll send you the pictures. Yeah. This is your roommate? No, this is Mary. Oh, okay. Anyways, so then, so that was round one. Then, then we all went back to campus. I went to mass. We we all re-met back up at the volleyball tournament. I mentioned passing. I still been trying to go shopping to buy a graduation dress. And Mary was there again. She's like, I'll take you shopping. And I was like, we just went shopping this morning. I was like, well, I guess this is the day to go so we went to target i got i got a white dress for graduation so that was a fun trip and my roommate came with me we come back and i realized because i did self-checkout while i was there because i was trying to go fast um that you know that like the alarm tags that they attach uh-huh. to certain oh yeah i tried it back i tried it on when i got back to show my other roommate i was like hey do you want to see the dress i bought so put it on it's like crap this is still here i don't know why it didn't beep when we left so i text oh, a picture, no. picture to mary i'm like i still need to go back and in my mind i'm like i'll go in a few days she goes i'm i'm eating dinner right now you want to go after this i was like girl you you would have driven me around three times today if we do that she's like it's a good reason for me to procrastinate. I was like, fine, let's just get it done. Like, it's been one day of Oh, my gosh. Oh, and the time we went shopping for clothes at Target, I also was like, I randomly need mayo and cheese. Like, that's all I need, but I'm out, and I desperately need them. So I also made a grocery trip. Anyways, so we go back out for a solid 30-second trip. We walk in, go to cashier. She takes it off, and we walk right back out. And it's like a 10, maybe not quite 15-minute drive to Target. Like, it's it was kind of out of the way for 30. Anyways, we came back, that's and it so was like... Funny. 7 8 p.m and I was like and there goes my day <laughs> oh my shopping, goodness volleyball shopping shopping that's impressive that yeah impressive. I was really tired though by the end of it oh so. I can imagine that I can imagine being tired and then it was one of those days where you do laundry and you do your sheets and you realize you still haven't put new sheets on your bed and you want to go oh to yes bed, and now you need to put sheets on your bed that's so. always the worst because you're like I just want to fall into my bed and I really just want to go to sleep but I still I've been have- out all day, yeah. So I hadn't had a chance to switch laundry fast enough to have dry sheets. So I just I think that whole thing is really, really funny. Yeah. So that was my day. So the no, I saw there's like nothing on the calendar today. I was like, thank God. Yeah. It's like give me a break. So it is kind of nice when there's nothing on the calendar because ours has been very full and will be very full for it's it's tis the time of year, like tis the season of. Like I said, you come back from spring break, you have Easter, and then it's like a race to the end of the year between kids events and, you know, in our state of life with, with lots of kids and spring sports. And we have a first communion, eighth grade graduation, college graduation. Ours are kind of clumped together, but one of my dear friends, so shout out to Kim, um, has three graduations in three states within like three weeks. Um, I have thought of that. And I'm giving, and she has to travel to another state for another kid to help move that kid home. So that is like insane. And so I thought our one weekend was kind of busy 
or 10 days and um her 10 days of it is basically traveling from state to state which ours is only like what anyway anyway so tis the season because then we have a bit of a break before i forgot uh, i knew both tess and annie were graduating but i forgot megan's graduating mm-hmm. and both daniel home so um yeah so it's always <laughs> it's always joy in the morning like that and uh so i'm trying to think though if i had a f- oh i do have a funny story you will think this is hilarious because it's a Sophie story. I should almost just label my funny stories as Sophia's stories. So yeah. Sophia's their four-year-old and <laughs> just laughing. Think about it. So she's had a really bad uh, ear infection that she had one. I think yeah. I was thinking it was March and come to my surprise. It was actually February. And then she, I was thinking it was in March and it had reoccurred and came back when we got home from vacation and no, she just happened to have another one that, um, she needed to go see the ENT. So we got into the ENT. Um, and so, you know, they do a hearing test cause she had been having drainage and fluid and whatever. So they needed to do some little, little bit extra stuff than just seeing the doctor. And then we're waiting in the room to see the doctor and the, you know, the MA, the medical assistant comes in to, you know, do your blood pressure and your temperature and all this. And she's doing that. And Sophie's sitting in the chair next to me and, and we have our coats on the chair and my purse is there. And she leans back kind of like this grace in the chair where she just, she's like, oh, you know, this is so cozy. This is so comfy. And I'm just laughing at her because it does not look comfortable. She's leaning back on a pile of coats and a purse, you know? And so the tech and I are kind of like chuckling. Well, of course we kind of laughed. And then all of a sudden she knows, oh, I got a laugh. Like I can be funny, you know? So then she's like, ah, so comfy, so comfy. And, and the tech was just appeasing her and just like, you're silly. Like you could say, you want to stay with me all day and entertain me. She's like, no. And out of the blue, she jumps up, gets on the floor and look and goes, look at my ice cream dance. And she like squats over and wiggles her little caboose. Like she always does back and forth. And I'm like, where did that come from? I didn't know this was called an ice cream dance. I'm like, what are you doing? And then she turns towards me and wiggles her little caboose again. And now the tech is like rolling on the floor. So the tech leaves. Your dad comes in because this is at the same office. He works across the hall from the ENT. And he goes, so Sophie, you have an ice cream dance. I'm like, yeah, look at what she just did. And so then Sophie does it for dad. And then finally the doctor comes in and she goes, so I hear there's a dance that I'm supposed to ask. So, so here she is like the whole entire department knows like, this little, little girl. Yes. This little girl, if you ask her on demand, will wiggle her little rear end for you and call it her ice cream dance. And Dan and I are both here going, we've never seen this. Yes. Yeah, she will do this type of dance every so often, but we didn't know this is called, we're like, why is this an ice cream dance? But now she's just doing it because she knows she can get anyone to laugh I'm like great what a great thing to encourage this little girl wagging her rear end as she walks around and so now practically anybody she sees is like you want to see my ice cream dance I'm like great (laughs) she's just so sassy right now I'm like oh my heavens so anyway it's that was my funny story very very interesting so um (sighs) we'll see how yeah what what next week will bring for uh Sophia stories, you know, from yeah. whatever. So, just crazy. so do you have any Holy Spirit moments or does your Holy Spirit moment lead into our topic? Some I'm trying to to think here. I had a couple different ones to choose from, but I thought I'd ask you. Not specifically, but it's just been really cool. Um I have the blessed is she 
Easter devotional. They have just one that you can like buy all the time. It's not like they come out with a new one. I mean, every year is what I mean. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. And they just work through, I think they're going to go through all the resurrection accounts over these seven weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just noticing the trend. Like they'll just take a chunk of scripture for every day. Yeah. And it's just been really cool getting to like, I'm like, continue to walk through those stories i feel like i mean all of the first week of easter that's all the gospels that week yeah um but not but then after that it's all acts of the apostles which is great and then like we've been reading from john this week and Mm -hmm. i'll see what this week's readings are for daily mass and stuff but it's just been cool to keep that like present in my mind and like they keep talking about in the meditations they're like this is life-changing but also it is very hard to grasp and I'm like, that's so true. Like, so, like, I think it's easier for us to, like I said last week, like, grasp, like, oh, sacrificing yourself for someone is, there's something understandable about that. But someone rising for the from the dead and that changing everything, like, that's more mysterious. It takes more, it's, to make sense of that is harder. And so it's just been, I don't know, cool. And not necessarily, like, a big sticking out Holy Spirit moment, but to, like, keep thinking about this is the season we're in. And it's amazing. And also it's a big mystery, you know yeah cool so and getting to keep reading like to read all hopefully read all the resurrection accounts because i don't know i feel like we read all like all the passion accounts a lot or compare other ones but i'm like how often do we just sit and read like there's a lot of things that happen after the resurrection between the four gospels there's a lot of action and so to like be in tunnel and move through that holy cool so yeah that is cool the first was mark Last week was John, and this week they're do- doing the second chapter of John because John has like two chapters after the resurrection. So, anyways, yeah, I've really been excited okay. hearing about. I just like hearing about how Christ appeared to all them, too, in different mm-hmm. ones. I really should read Acts again, like from front to back. Like I've I've read the Book of Acts, but it's probably been a while since I've read it front to back, and I don't know if I've ever read it during Easter. And I was like, I really. Do that. Just read the daily readings so that you literally get the right. You are right, exactly. But I was like, but more. I mean, every so often, you there's a verse that's not right there, but pretty much, yeah, it goes through the whole thing, and it just, I don't know, um, it's been hitting me in a different way. Kind of like what you said, like there's a lot there. There's a lot of meat there. Um, Mm -hmm. one of my Holy Spirit moments kind of connects to the topic of uh, just family life. We were going to talk about family life today and it kind of to our whole motto our whole like kind of mission statement of this whole podcast is how to live out the extraordinary in the ordinary and so grace brought up like we haven't focused a long time on like on on family life and how that is an everyday thing but how do you make that holy right is what you were saying Mm -hmm. and it struck me this week I had an instance over this past week, I had, I had some really weird, our week, just my week of my normal routine and plan. I was thinking this week will get a little back to normal. Cause the week prior was, you know, just, it was the octave of Easter. We were coming back from vacation. Most of my kids had Easter Monday off. So that always throws a little wrench in, you know, the normal planning of how the week will go. And um, so I couldn't quite do everything in the same way I could. So I was thinking, oh, last week I'll, I'll get back into this. This will be pretty good. And then we had 
an air conditioner go out and we had a furnace go out and then those workers had to come. And then what was the other thing? Oh, then I had a sick kid. And so like the first three days of my week did not look at all like I thought. And and I still got a decent amount done, but it was just, there was this irritation and this frustration of like feeling I needed to get back to some semblance of normal because this is another shorter week for me because I'm uh, going out of town halfway during this week. And so just kind of felt like that rush, like we were talking about in the beginning, like it's just go, go, go until, you know, June until summer. And I was thinking to myself, I don't want it to exactly be that I need to have some type of normalcy and getting work done and accomplishment. And so in the midst of all that, I got some news that, um, my boys wouldn't be able to be working where they have worked this past summer and in the past like few summers. And it was very, there was just, it was a long story, but, um, I think it hit me more than it hit them because there was like this like trepidation of like, Oh my gosh, this is like now one more thing. Right. And your dad, through, I think just really hearing actually the Holy spirit through your dad was just like, it's going to work out and it's fine. And I was like, I know it will, but there was this sense of like grasping for control needed. Like now here's another thing that has to get worked out and me being more disappointed that, you know, it was a thing that I thought was already planned for the summer. That's not, and had to do that. So it was interesting having that and just trying to, to recognize that, wow, I'm having this reaction to it and trying to just give it to the Lord and just be like, what do you, what do you want here? This really isn't even my issue. I can help my boys get fine jobs, but it's really on them. And, but it was more like, will they do this? And interestingly enough, and it sounds really simple, both of them have come back with their own ideas and it's not a bother to them. And I'm like, that's really cool. That's like really great. And it was just showing me like, God's got this. God's got my kids. God's about a work in them that's greater than mine, that loving them more than I could. And just this reassurance of, okay, when we can surrender, when we can recognize maybe a weakness we have and ask the Lord to come into that, God doesn't let us down. Not that he always answers the way we want or in the way we think it should happen, um, but it was a, a nice, gentle reminder that am I just trying to grasp control at something or am I really trusting and abandoning it and letting, allowing God to work and allowing God to work through showing me how my boys are growing up and how they're growing in responsibility and, and making some of their own decisions and a letting go that needs to happen on my side. So it was a good, humble reminder of, see, the Holy Spirit's about a good work. It and it in this case is something that I would desire to have be happening and working and seeing them do it. It was just, but it was also a gentle reminder of like, no, I don't need to go chasing and getting anxious and and grasping at trying to control a situation when it seems a little out of control. So mm-hmm. I thought that led very well into, you know, family life and our vocation within our family life is very ordinary and is very every day, but how are we looking at that? How are we making it holy? How are are we finding the extraordinary in the ordinary in just family and daily living? Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you want to speak to that first, Grace. 
Yeah, I have to. I'm trying to think. I had a whole different thought, and I was like, "That's not on the topic, though." Um, <laughs> That's but, okay. Well, okay. I'll I'll say two thoughts I have. So one is, I think it's interesting where you're like family is ordinary, but at the same time, like I, I've really noticed this year, or it's finally sunk in where I was like, I don't really remember the last time I have had like a consistently normal schedule. Like there's a kind of a bones you know every four months when the semester changes or back when I was in high school and middle school like there's like a you know you go to school and you have these practices or other extracurriculars throughout the week but I even remember thinking it in high school and even more so now in college we're like but then there's an exception like this one this year got canceled and or this this is a long weekend so it throws things off and so I have Mm -hmm. to adjust or or you know this event got added in the middle of the week so I have to adjust there and like I don't really remember the last time or or it's very rarely happens that the schedule that is like the bare bones, like the, this just happens every week, has just happened. There's almost always an exception to my schedule. And I think that that kind of finally sunk in. And I felt like family life being at home, because I'm not in the immediate family, like vicinity isn't the word I'm looking for, like in the immediate family life anymore because I'm at college. But even I remember thinking that like senior year at one point, and some of that was because it was my senior year of high school, but I was like, there's just always an exception, which is and then, then it was like, what if I just expected that? But I was like, in some ways, I don't know if I'd call that extraordinary, but mm-hmm. life felt ordinary because it was always on the move and always changing. And it was just, it was like, I just need to be comfortable in a lot of ways of just like life always being on the move, always shifting slightly. Like if I'm at home in that, in the like almost the travel and the pilgrimage of life, then I'll have more peace. If I put my peace in my consistent schedule and then I'm flustered when things are added or changed in that then I'm not going to be peaceful because that's not where my peace comes should be coming from and that's not a constant my schedule isn't a constant and I think family life is a big example of that of your it is good to have discipline and structure but it needs to be fluid it needs to be able to adjust and like change to things and you've even said that in the last two weeks where you're like like you have probably had like a month straight of not normal schedule and if we really went back and listened to our like sum up every week, it's like, how have you been? It's like, it's been good, but this week was different because dot dot dot. Like that's probably the trend we'd see more often than not. Sure. So something about that where that even in and of itself, I think kind of shows how it is the extraordinary and the ordinary where our normal is just not having normal almost. Even yeah. though we need normalcy. And and then that's also very much, I think, the whole like the holy family though like they were on the, they were constantly on the move especially the first few years of their life and stuff and just and yet that was their family unit and they stuck together and they still served each other but and then yes i we don't know what happened after they came back to jerusalem after they left egypt but i i do think about that sometimes especially i remember like the midway part of college when i was talking to a friend being almost annoyed i was like i feel like a nomad like i don't have a home long term anymore like you know I was like I know that people always will take me in I know my family always takes me in but I was like I'm all like I'm always have something boxed up I always am shifting rooms and shifting places on campus and it's gonna be like that for another two more years and I was like it's not anyone's fault but I'm kind of annoyed right now that I don't just get to be settled for like a year straight and I was like and that's just the season of life and she was like no I get that but it was like but in a lot of ways that's just what the holy family was in a lot of ways is like home isn't a place home isn't consistency right now it's constantly moving and changing and yeah and the other thing I thought of which isn't I feel like somehow we'll tie this to family but you know me anytime I watch 
movies, shows, musicals, whatever, it's I can think of a theme that ties to my life. And so we watched Phantom of the Opera this week. All right. But I've been thinking back to, like, really, if you guys don't know, the basic story is just this man who lives in, like, the layer of this opera and kind of is a puppet master and, like, kind of forces things his way in mysterious kind of he's almost like a magician like he knows how to run everything from behind the scene, scenes in the layer so no one really knows if this person is real or if it's a ghost you find out it is a man and and the reason he hides is he has a face deformity and he's embarrassed and he was like treated awfully as a child and all of this so now he just hides and he wears a mask and all of this and he thinks everyone hates him because of his face but he's almost turned into a mo- he has turned into a monster in a lot of ways now more so because of his control like he's trying to just grasp things and control and it has to go according to his way and if it doesn't he will make you sorry and all of this and so I've just thought about that a lot this week of like it's just so interesting that really the ugly part of his character is really his grasp for control and how how brutal he is when he doesn't have his control but that but how do we see that in not as explicit ways in our life like stories do a good job of putting like the ugly side of a sin like they make it look worse and you're like yeah but that's kind of what I do and I don't have control like how do I lash Mm -hmm. out you know and I think family life really teaches you you don't have control because there's other people in the in the equation and you can't control them and you have to like you can help them and you can if you're a parent raise them if you're a sibling be an example or a help to them but you can't be them you can't do things for them you know so I don't know how if that'll keep tying in but that's just what I was thinking when you're talking about controlling you're like I just wanted control and I was like that's what I've been thinking about this whole week is like how the phantom just wants control and then he can't and he loses in the end. And yeah, I don't know. Right. And I think that is a really beautiful point because even on the way home from church today, your brother, young, younger brother, they're all younger than you, your youngest brother, <laughs> who's eight. Um, the thing he's been saying lately, he's just we we call we call him our Kevin McAllister, who if you don't know that name is the boy in Home Alone, an eight year old boy. That's just about mischief and teasing, and they're eight, right? And so there's a, a lot of things I think we need to be able when we get irritated or want control or feel like for me that the kids aren't listening to me or discipline is to take a deep breath and go, this is just how kids act. Not that it's okay always. Not like it's not that we shouldn't be disciplined or correcting or mirroring good behavior, but at the same time, it's very normal for children to act this way. And even talking to my children as siblings to their other siblings to go, yes. And you were like this when you were eight or when you were four or when you were 12 or whatever it is. And to recognize that there's normalcy in it. Um, But then talking to him when he was just, he was just being, you know, teasing a punk if you want to say and when he's corrected a lot a lot of his response lately is but it's fun it's funny not like doing the mean thing but to him it's like well I'm having fun so how can having fun be bad and he hasn't made this connection so today I was actually trying to go because that is actually being selfish at certain points not all the time fun is a good thing but when it comes at the expense of bothering or creating unrest or not peaceful and you're being dis- corrected and you're not following correction and disobeying. So now you could be sitting, you know, cause he's at that like age of 
like he's starting to understand concupiscence and starting to understand reason and, you know, first confession, first communion, all those things are coming to this. And you can see his brain clicking. And it hit me today, like in terms of trying to explain it to him as being like, well, no, actually that's because that's a selfish choice. You want to do it because it's fun to you, but you're part of a bigger unit and you're part of a family. And that means really death to self. It does mean in his eight-year-old way to say, well, I might want to do this, but for the betterment of everybody to keep the peace, to not have your little sister scream, to keep the volume down in the car because it's full of people is, is it's a small death to self. Right. And so by choosing not to do that, it, that means you're being selfish because you think it's more fun. And I don't know quite if he got that, but it made me think kind of grace what you're talking about in terms of there is this level of sacrifice and there's this level of selfishness when we're grasping for control and not giving it over to the Lord. That is just everyday family life, you know, that we are part of this unit that the body of Christ is built as a family. And then we're all these little entities of family within it. Um, and it can't be about us, you know, it has to be about everyone and how does the unit work together. And when we can bring that before the Lord, that's when the ordinary all of a sudden becomes holy. It becomes extraordinary. It becomes, you know, choosing the next, next bite, next bite, next right thing is now making that moment holy. It's a holy moment. And we mm-hmm. can choose that. And we have the ability to do that in almost everything. And that I think is the beauty of living out vocation in the way of praying constantly. Like, how do I make this moment holy? How do I choose the best thing here? How do I, like we've talked on here a lot before, how do I make the laundry holy, the dinner holy, the dishes holy, the just relating with the kids holy. And yeah, what's the Mother Teresa quote, like wash the dish, not not for something, but for the person who will eat for the next, right. For the next person who will use it. Same type of thing. You know, like, are we folding the clothes and whose clothes you're folding and offering that up, you know, praying for that person, praying for the people who use the dishes or will use it next for the people who will be consuming your food for whatever they'll be mowing the lawn and who will be playing in the yard or appreciating this or, or whatever that can be. Um, but I, I thought it was really significant too, though, what you said about the nomad thing and tying this back to like, why do we call Mary, Jesus and Joseph, the Holy family? Mm. Like there, there's that hitting years. We always talk about the hitting years of Nazareth, but after the last thing we hear about Jesus is being 12 and finding him in the temple. And then he, it says that he went and he was obedient to them and lived with them, you know, and then he goes, there goes into these hitting years of Nazareth and And we know that Mary and Jesus were nervous to find him. It talks about like their humanness of like, they were searching for three days. They were nervous. They were like, why did you do this to us, son? And there was these normal emotions that happened, but there was also this nomadness, like you're saying, like there was the flight to Egypt, the living there for a time, the coming back. And they couldn't, you know, they couldn't go back to maybe Bethlehem. They were in Nazareth. Where, where were they? He, he was, you know, this is Mary and Jesus's son. He's, he's from Nazareth. He was a Nazarene. You know, there's this nomad that he, even once he, once Christ started his, um, apostolate and calling the apostles, like the scriptures say, like, if you're going to follow me, you might not have a 
a, a place to lay your head. Like, I think the chosen does such a good job of that, of when he has them go out two by two of like what the sacrifices is that you're not going to have a base and a home in that way. And so I think when we have those and we strive for that in family and like you, I thought, I thought I could think it's a great point of what you were saying about you really, the normalcy is the lack of normalcy in family mm-hmm. life, you know, and how do we take that though? And then go, right. But how, how much normal did Christ have? He was moving from place to place all the time. The beginning of the Holy family's life was complete upheaval and running and going. And, and so I think it's a great way when we feel those uneasiness times of uneasiness within our families, or once again, the schedule's different once again is like, yeah, now give this to the Lord. Now offer this up in a way of like, yeah, you lived through that. Mary and Jesus and Joseph lived through that. In some ways, this was a normal occurrence and now we can sanctify it. Now we can go, okay, this isn't that unnormal. There's most of our life is uh, not routine and the same old, same old. There's always something within family life that makes things out of whack. If it's you get sick or your kid or your spouse gets sick or, you know, you have services and things break or whatever it is, you're moving from place to place or whatever. Yeah. There's times that it might seem monotonous, but there's other times that it's not. And so in the monotony, we can find the holy of like the dishes, the laundry, the cleaning, and in the lack of monotony and the, what did you call it? The nomad type we can find. Yes. But Christ has been here too. And so no matter what season of life we're in of that, we can still sanctify that and we can mm-hmm. still just go, okay, you, you did this here too, Christ. And so how do I exemplify that in my life? How do I respond to the grace that is present now to just go? Yeah, this can still be holy, even if it just seems bland or even if it seems irritating or whatever. I, I think we just, when we can switch our mindset into that, it, it can make it just seem like beautiful in its own way you know in a in a really beautiful way well and I even think like we talk about how living on earth is a pilgrimage like our ultimate destination is heaven and so how fitting like when we feel like we're just constantly moving we're constantly in some ways journeying or on a pilgrimage it's like that's good because it reminds you that that's what this life is it is just a journey mm-hmm. what this isn't supposed to be settled here this is just helping us get to heaven and that's what the vocation of family like is supposed to do. Everyone at some point has like the vocation of family, no matter how big or small that is. And like that's and like, you know, people call it family, the domestic church. And so I think that lines up very well when it's like we literally are reflecting in our constant movement that we're moving towards heaven. And that's what the church is supposed to help us do. Like the church isn't she like another analogy is that she's a ship and all of this and and I don't know. And I think then it makes so much more sense. Like, I, I remember learning this in a different way. Like, I, I got used to being the oldest kid and to help with the younger kids and all of that growing up. But stepping out and then back into that role, like the first year or so of college was an interesting experience because you realize how easy it is to be selfish. Because I got so used to all I have to do is provide for myself. And then it's like, well, now, you know, and I like, having my schedule it's so easy to follow my schedule and just do things on my time but now there's little kids who don't run on a timeline and 
I'm still expected when I come home now, I'm expected to help again. And that's not a bad thing, but it's, it's a, a, you know, a vocation of service that you're just, and so I don't know, that was just a cool learning curve to come back to and be like, this is still who I'm called to be, even though it's not my everyday life all the time now, or it might be for a stretch of time, then it's not again. And like that, I'm just always a sister. I'm always a sibling. And what does that mean at different points in life? And yeah. And yeah. I and then what is really it cool. when you go back to what do you when you go back to just taking care of yourself? Well, who is that work for then too? Like it is for yourself, but also I was just reading some of John Paul II today and he's like, the human is the only person God made for himself, but at the same time, the human person finds themselves in making of themselves a gift to others. And he repeats that over and over. He's like, You you don't know who you are until you make a gift of yourself in service to someone else. I was like, that's so true that like, how often do you feel like you've done something well when you've done it for someone else? But if you're done, right. just doing it for yourself, it just feels black, you know, there's no purpose. Right. So I think that's beautiful because I think like, how often do we serve and we say, you know, the phrase of you will get out what you put into it, you know, and with service, that is so true because we always seem to receive so much more when we're really emptying and giving ourselves. I think of that when I went on mission trips when I was younger or different service opportunities that we have, but that is so true even within the domestic family, the domestic church, if we want to say, and that this isn't about us. It's about, like you said, getting them to heaven and that type of service in that way. And I, and I love hearing it from your perspective. Cause I think that's the great thing about this podcast and how we do it from the generational difference and, and hearing you say that it's a vocation of service, like as a sister, mm-hmm. as you know, being the oldest of six and, and me to hear you say that I'm like, wow, like I think of that as marriage is a vocation of service. Like you're just the children right now you have it you know you don't have that vocation yet in the same way but it's a really I think it's really such a great unique look at it is like no as 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 daughter as sibling I'm still to live out within this family a vocation of service I'm like how beautiful is that to see that domestic domestic church life within our own immediate family and I think of that on my side when you said that as well as your dad and I have talked about lately how it's like, we're in this in between. It's almost, you know, when people say like that midlife crisis or whatever, it's not like the crisis part of, but, but we're in those in between years where our family is getting older, but we're still raising kids. They're not fully on their own. They haven't all launched, but our parents are getting older and we're becoming caregivers there. And so it's like, you're starting to not that we're fully, we're not like parenting our kids, like not all of that, but with some of my husband's parents much more needing assistance and even my parents, you know, getting older, you can see where we're having that outlook towards our own parental units of serving. And how does that have to change? And those roles changing as still our roles change with our own children and being stuck in that type of sandwiched years and that midlife years that at my age, that becomes more of the talking about too, as you become the caregiver on both sides and you're sandwiched in the middle there. Um, But it's still a vocation of service. And how do we make that holy, even though that's just the everyday norm. And I guess that's the, the challenge. And what I really look at is 
let's not get caught in the everyday norm. And this is just monotonous, or this is just the everyday. There's not, not anything really special about this. This is just life. Well, yes, it is just life. But like you said, we're on this journey that this isn't the end goal. So this just being life isn't where it ends. You know, we have our eyes on eternity and that's what we're called to as family is to get, like you said, grace a few minutes ago is to get them to heaven. I'm called to get my spouse to heaven, my children to heaven, to the best of my ability. I'm I'm called to raise saints. My children are just gifts for a time here on my journey. And how do I cultivate that in them? And so let's not be complacent in that. Let's not just sit and go, well, yep, it's another day. No, I, I love father Troy talk today in his homily, just about like, where are you not seeing Christ? Because you are never alone. Christ is in everything. And it's because our, of our own fallenness or wounds or sinfulness that we've blocked our ability to see the Lord. You know, where is he in the sunrise and the sunset? Yeah, those sunrise and sunset aren't God. That isn't Jesus. But there's something in there that replicates him or is a gift to us that we can see him in the beauty. And those are our gifts to us. Where do we see them in, in other people? You know, digging into like, even our involuntary reactions to certain things or people. It's like, well, wait a minute. What is, what's being exposed to me here that Christ is using this other person or this opportunity to expose to me? And where can I see Christ in them, in the situation to really see him in my own life in a deeper way? It was very convicting in that way that there are many times that we might feel alone, but the reality is we're never alone and Christ is there. And so what are we blocking and not responding to the grace of Christ there in our lives every day, in our families. And so it isn't just ordinary. We're called to be extraordinary and we're called to see that. Um, it was such a good reminder for me today. Yeah. This is kind of a, a point I thought of from five minutes ago. So I'm just going to say it now, even though it doesn't quite fit into what you just said, but I was even thinking like, how are you saying like the yeah, just the domestic church and living and all that. And I, I remembered something a friend said once that I think just kind of proves like intentionally living as a family is something like countercultural. It is something that is intentional and different than just the, how the rest of the world is running when you're outside a family unit. And she was like, when I came, she was like, I remember when my sisters would come back from college, they'd just be like off for a little bit or almost annoyed with us at first. And she's like, I didn't get it. Cause it was like, you haven't been home with us on so long aren't you excited to be with us and she's like and then I started coming home from college and then I kind of got it where it's like you just are on a different wavelength and then you step back into a new wavelength and you just need to like switch gears because you're Mm because it's like and so I think that's just kind of goes to show where it's like this is it is a very intentional living that's just different and we're used to it because it is a very ordinary and most people live in it but even those who have lived in it for so long it is a very it just shifts your priorities. It sh- you have to choose what's most important. And there is a little bit of like a transition of period before you're like back into that swing of things. And where she was like, it's not, it wasn't a thing of, she, you know, my sisters didn't like us, but they're just switching gears. They haven't had to function like this mm-hmm. in however long since they've been home. And she's like, and now I understand that. But she's like, I remember being a little hurt at first. Like, aren't you excited to be back? Like, what the heck, you know? And I was like, that's so true though, where it's like, this is just yeah. So I don't know. It kind of, that was like kind of a five minute to go point trying to tie it. To oh, but I think it's very, it, on an everyday basis where you see it is you see it when mom and dad's transit transition back into the home from work, 
Yeah. And if you're working out of the home every day and that commute home and talked about that a lot with your dad, like he goes, I don't mind that I have a 15, 17, 20 minute commute, 25, depending on traffic, because I need that time to reframe my brain. Mm-hmm. Because I think that is, that is the iron sharpening iron, you know, for me, when you kids were young and being a stay at home mom, it was like, couldn't wait for your dad to get home at times because I just needed that, that break. I needed that other adult. And, and some of that is just being an extrovert versus that. But for him, it was like, I really, he, I had to find a way to give grace that he just came from a totally different wavelength of, you know, work and apply and do, and, you know, whatever it is that your mm-hmm. occupation is to come back into home life is where it's chaotic, or like you say, unstructured or unscheduled or that time that someone else, you're not of yourself. Right. And it's not just you and you can't maybe have the control in the same way. And you're here to lay down and be a gift and serve. And it can be really messy. And so being on the side of the person who wasn't leaving always and coming back, like you said, for that friend or whatever you read of like, well, I I didn't get it. Like, why wouldn't they want to see us and all that? And it was that, or like, why wouldn't they just want to step in and take over? Well, remember, I remember being very angry with the Lord. Like how is family life supposed to work? How is this supposed to work? I've been here all day taking care of kids and I need a break. And he's gone all day taking care of stuff to provide for us. And he comes home and need a break. We both need a break, but we're still supposed to make this work. But here is the reality of what family life is. And here is where you, you dig deep and you rely on grace and sacramental grace to raise a family in that and the good, the bad, the ugly. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I do remember battling that out with the Lord and really going back. Okay. And having to trust that there is a grace. This is how God created it. He created this, um, family life, this vocation of marriage to be uh, a vocation of service, a sacrament of service, service to one another, service to the kids, but there's also grace here. So if there is grace, mm-hmm. Christ abounds in that. And so can I, mm-hmm. can I funnel that? Can I channel that grace that I know is here to live this out the way he wants to make it holy and not be grumbling and complaining and looking for that? Cause then we know our brains will just go to work looking for all of that and finding that, but to go, no, where, where is Christ in this? I'm not alone. He's here. How am I blocking that somehow in that grace? Um, And so help me to channel that Lord, help me to see Christ in whatever my husband, my kids, the laundry, the food, where it seems very challenging now and not Mm -hmm. to like get into that. I'm just all alone. And that very selfish mindset going, no, that's not really truth. That isn't truth. Yeah. Going back to holding thoughts captive of what is the truth that the Lord speaks to us and clinging onto that truth. Um, Sorry, I feel like I'm going round and round, but. I think it, there's so many things we can grasp at that are good reminders of grace and service and ordinary can now be extraordinary and holy. Um, and no matter if it seems normal or upheaval or not, you know, monotonous or not. (laughs) So I think we've talked about so many different things here, but in the end there is grace and there is a way to sanctify just the everyday living a family life. Yeah. How about you? Good? Yeah. I think that about sums it up. 
Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Do you have all the things, Grace? Yeah, we're on Facebook, Instagram. Email us at Thanks Mom Podcast, Thanks Mom Facebook group, or at Thanks Mom Podcast on Instagram. Or sorry, email us at Thanks Mom Podcast at gmail.com. I was like, one of those I didn't say right. Um, all the podcast flat- platforms follow, subscribe, rate, review, share us with others. Yeah. Which you've been doing because we're growing. So yeah, that we really appreciate Thank that. You. Keep that up. And yeah, if you're looking for any speakers or any type of coaching or interested in more, what I do reach out to me at Christina at madeforgreatness.co or on Facebook at Christina Brown or, um, on Instagram at Christina underscore, underscore M underscore, underscore Brown. I'm also have my website, Christina Brown.com. And I'd love to connect with you in any of those ways. Well, we just appreciate you being here. We appreciate you coming back. And if you're brand new, we appreciate you and are you're welcome here. And we're excited that you found us. And like always, share us with someone because that's the greatest way to grow these small podcasts. And we appreciate all of that. And we'll see you next time on the Thanks Mom Podcast. Thanks, Mom.